0: The Verging on Greatness, a podcast about films that verge on greatness but mostly just wallow in mediocrity, with your hosts, Mike Borkville and Craig Cerventi.
1: Hello, good, good evening, do. good morning, good afternoon, welcome to podcast called verging on greatness my name's mike and this is my friend craig hi craig hello hello this is a podcast where craig and i talk about a movie or movies that are verging on greatness hence the name they're not quite not quite great they're not quite there they're very close though and we try and pick them apart and figure out what is it that's missing why is this movie not as great as it should be it's got all the elements but there's something something off something not quite right
0: yeah, and or maybe we look at uh, films that seemed pretty good at the time, but then a few years later didn't stack up the way that they thought they did.
1: Yeah, so that's what we're doing. That's what we're doing today. We've got a little, a little uh, sub genre, sub series. A departure, should a little, we say? A little, a little departure. Um, so we're doing, we're doing another Oscar winner. This is our second Oscar yeah. winner. Um, a few episodes ago, we did Shakespeare in Love, uh, and today we're doing Slumdog Millionaire. Two thousand eight from two thousand eight, uh, best picture. So it was uh, and, it's, and best director and best director and a, a lot of others, a lot of like sound stuff and uh, yeah.
0: I think it was the big winner of two of the two thousand and eight two thousand and nine Oscars. I think this one won the most Oscars uh, that year.
1: Yeah, big deal when it came out. Big movie, uh, critically so critically acclaimed, um, popular. Did well at the did well at the box office. It did it was um from a from a modest budget
0: it made damn near 400 million worldwide so that's pretty decent from a film that cost under 50 million or under 60 million to make i think so a very good return on investment if you're a businessy person um more films like this i'd say
1: and it's a, a good return on investment um for the for the production company that made it that also happened to be the production company that owns who wants to be a millionaire the tv oh, right. show which it's uh, based which the movie is based off uh, so it, it basically is a, a theatrical
0: um commercial for the television <laughs> show <laughs> nice so people run out of the cinema and then run home to watch their local version of who wants to be
1: a millionaire yes yeah, it's, nice. it's i mean if you're gonna do it if you're gonna do it you might as well make it a best picture winner right right i mean people get the lego movie shit
0: for being a, uh, a, a an hour a two-hour lego toy commercial but you know there's nothing new it this has been
1: done plenty yeah, of times before if, if you make it if you make it make the movie likable people aren't people will forgive you it's when you turn out a turd like the transformers <laughs> movies that <laughs> <laughs> where it gets annoying
0: you know the, the worst thing about those Transformers movies is that the first one you knew exactly what you were getting when you got into it. It was a Michael Bay film. It had it, it's what unleashed Megan Fox on the world, and it had it had a pre-absolutely obnoxious Shia, Shia LaBeouf in it, right? So you knew exactly what you were getting in that first one. The thing that the thing that absolutely boggles my mind about those movies is that people went back another three times to those movies in the cinema. Thinking something different was going to happen. Yeah, they keep pumping them no. up.
1: No,
0: <laughs> you're going to get the same shit every time. Yeah. It'll be a gratuitous shot of someone's very pert bottom walking up stairs or bent over a motorcycle, um, and then you'll have explosions in an incoherent fashion and Optimus Prime saying something prophetic. Uh, those are those movies, and I've spoiled it for you. You
1: don't have to go watch <laughs> any of them now. So. <laughs> <laughs> so this so uh so slumdog millennia um so i think it has a lot it's got a lot in common with shakespeare in love uh spoiler alert right up front we're gonna we're gonna talk oh, yeah. all over right off the top talk yep. all over this movie um so it's got a lot in common with shakespeare in love it's um also a romantic comedy uh well uh, I, re- I read it described as a romantic comedy it's a romance i guess more than it is. A, more than a there's, comedy it's a fairy, comedic tale, elements. a fairy tale yeah. romance boy meets girl boy loses girl boy finds girl, girl becomes a girl becomes
0: a sex slave yeah um the usual boy boy goes to work in an indian call center uh, girl girl becomes an adult in a weird relationship with
1: a gangster yeah boy wins who wants to be a millionaire that classic tale your usual your usual yeah. shtick and it's in a so it's in a it's in it's in a location that's that's far away and otherworldly that most people mm-hmm. most of most of this movie is the audience would would never have seen before, or would know, would even have considered existing, which is to say, the slums of Mumbai, mm-hmm. um, almost as otherworldly as um, you know, seventeenth century England. Absolutely, every bit is
0: fan- every bit is fantastical and um, and removed. Mm. Uh, I can't imagine. Um, and and ironically, the film actually kind of pokes fun at the tourists who wind up in India Uh, because it features these kids yeah so it's kind of like ironically a lot of the people that might have gone out to watch this movie and uh, found it romantically charming are the kind of people that this film mocks yeah and in the context of the film these fat tourists who turn up and like, oh, it's also lovely, and uh, these kids are just fleecing them. So this this movie this movie has contempt for its audience straight out the bat, um, right off the mark. It's like, yeah, 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 yeah we're going to fleece you for your money, just like these kids do. It's, it's, so. it's uh,
1: not dissimilar <laughs> from another movie that came out in the same year, In Bruges. Which is, is also pretty unforgiving uh, in regards <laughs> to fat American tourists. <laughs> fat tourist. That, in fact, literally beats one of them up at one point, I think.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I, I, um, uh, fun fact: I, I went to Bruges um, in person um, this year, um, and it's it's beautiful. It's this 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 cut out of time city. Um, but uh, what you don't get in the film in Bruges is that marketplace or that square where the the climax for that film happens stinks. It legitimately stinks. Really? Um, there's of what? Yeah, there's horse horse shit really? mostly. <laughs> Yeah, there's there's horse grown carriages that sit in that that square and uh, on a, sl- and also we're talking about like ancient sewerage systems that probably haven't been upgraded ever, um, and all these cobblestone streets and um, yeah, it it smells
1: it it really right. it really stinks yeah, um, yeah. Fun fact, people yeah. I was re- I was reminded watching Slumdog Millionaire of another movie we've done just recently, which is Lost in Translation as well, which is also. Oh, yes. Uh, a western take again speaking of movies kind of t- tourism tie-ins it's also a western take on a um you know an asian country which oh yeah which... A, a, yeah a fantastical oriental location or a central asian country yeah, yeah. absolutely uh we mentioned danny boyle director um so and it's it's danny boyle through and through it's danny boyle all over oh yeah he danny boyle's all up in this place yeah yeah, yeah. which is which is which is cool I uh, i love his yeah. i love his movies i love his style he does he, he shoots a good shoots a good flag
0: yeah absolutely he puts together a solid 90 minutes of film that's for damn sure yeah so i'm a, yeah. I'm a particular fan of the beach oh yeah you said i think you've mentioned this in the past i think i went and watched the beach again because you liked it so much really i think yeah i think i liked it more this time as as an older person watching it than when i watched it for the first time going oh my god i know these people that want
1: to go and find this place yeah. and i hate them all so. <laughs> <laughs> um and train spotting is well train spotting of course um, of course outstanding as well but so interesting to think so uh yeah so danny boyle uh director with an extraordinary pedigree but the directors that he was up against for the best picture award this year was an absolutely um, solid lineup um so you had david fincher with curious yeah. Benjamin Button. you had gus van sant with milk oh, i love gus van sant yeah you yeah. had ron howard Ugh. with uh, frost nixon and, i really dislike ron howard <laughs> and um is it stephen dauldry stephen dauldry stephen yeah, who, d- who did the reader um i forget wh- i forget what else he m- he's made but i did i looked him up and i saw that he's um he's, he's working right now on the film adaptation of wicked mm. which is a pretty big a pretty big scalp that's gonna be uh you know that's that's gonna be a big one when it comes out well he did um uh oh, looking at it for you
0: right now, uh he did Billy Elliot.
1: Billy so that, Elliot, that's right. Yeah yeah.
0: And then after um he did the hours in the reader and then he also did Extremely Loud and Incredibly Close, which is a uh a nine eleven take on a the climax as a a guy in the, the Twin Towers, but you don't really know what the film's about until the final moments mm. of the film. Yeah. Yeah, and you're right. Looking at it here, he's doing a a wicked adaptation.
1: So mm. look forward to that. Yeah. So yeah, very very strong, very strong pedigree of competition here that um, Danny Boyle was able to 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 take out the take out the 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 win for Best Picture. Yeah. So, um, and even and even outside of outside of those nominations, um, there was some some really big contenders here. There was um the wrestler. Yes. Um, yes. Two thousand and eight yeah, is also Dark Knight. Dark um, Knight. The,
0: yeah, yeah, Chris Nolan. Um, it's also the year uh, um, Iron Man came out. Not that I think that's an Oscar-worthy film, but uh, yeah, in terms of big films that came out in two thousand and eight, it's pretty hard not to look at Iron Man, the film that kicked off the the MCU, the juggernaut that is the MCU. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And it's
1: so this year just gone, um, Black Panther was nominated, and that's the first for a superhero movie to be nominated for best picture but you got to say look looking back and looking at how um the dark knight has held up you got to think if that yeah. movie if that movie came out now that would yeah i don't, if know, if, if, I don't know if the if dark was, knight was released today i suspect you yeah. would find that in the best
0: picture category without yeah. any question I think, I, it, I think there was a definite bias
1: in 2008 towards superhero yeah. films that does not exist today people still weren't yeah. still weren't quite ready to to take superhero films that seriously absolutely not you yeah. absolutely not but yeah it, because of films
0: like the dark knight we are now able to take a, a superhero film quite seriously and treat it as you know normal cinema it, it's funny uh, maybe maybe 40 50 years ago they it didn't take gangster films so seriously. Then you have movies like *Goodfellas* and *The mm. Godfather* come out that, all of a sudden, these are serious films, um, starring you know larger-than-life characters in in elaborate costume, and then it takes a film like *Goodfellas* to go, hey, this is a serious art form and, and serious serious film. Um, you could probably and, say the same about western. Oh, million percent. Yeah, yeah. It's not until you get the revisionist westerns of the nineteen seventies that, like, suddenly westerns are are more than just um you know uh, good versus evil tales of yeah. black hats and white and hats, white hats and, yeah and yeah john uh, john wayne talking about pilgrims and get the cattle out of here mm. um slapping
1: women as he goes you know and so th- so um cont- so contrasting with dark Knight, i think slumdog millionaire is a movie that if you if you released it now you would have i think it'd be vilified it'd a a be crucified tough, it's a, it's a tougher sell now than it was in 2008 with where we're at with um, kind of cross cultural appropriation colonial um, appropriation i think oh, it would be it, thousand would be it would be a lot more a lot more difficult to release this difficult. movie with a straight face in, oh and in 2019. just, just yeah
0: absolutely right to get it into the cinemas and go hey we did a thing um and to you know to you know polish your fingernails and and rub them on your shirt um and then and to not be absolutely hauled out in front of the world media Mm. um, and the world press and and being asked very difficult questions about the the children in the film Mm. the nature the nature of the content um, the uh, the fantastical setting, the fairy tale elements of it, you know, or or just answering simple questions about uh, how how do you feel about appropriating a culture in such a whole whole um, wholesale fashion, mm. um, and and presenting it in a very Western way, um, yeah, I don't it, more and more importantly, how I mean, it's got an, the entire cast is uh, well, with the exception of Deb Patel and um, Frida Pinto, um, I think. Uh, the the rest of the cast is is indian native i mean you've got ifran khan and um i forget his name anil kapoor like arguably those are the biggest names in this film mm. when it comes out because they were huge um bollywood stars and 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 now certainly ifran Ir- irfan khan is is a, a recognizable face outside of um bollywood and mm. and the world in general um yeah, with a with a completely nondescript cast. Otherwise, I, this film. I forgot
1: where I was going with that, but it, it's. <laughs> you were saying you were saying before we started before we started recording. You mentioned that there is actually a co-director on this movie. Oh yeah, who, yeah. Who was who was largely there to assist with directing the Indian cast for whom for whom English was not such a string. yeah um L-
0: loveline uh, tandan i'm probably butchering these names apologies everyone um but yeah she is the um uh, she's a co-director she's a credited co-director on this film i didn't mm. see an oscar with her name on it mm. um she's certainly not credited I-, I mean if she um if she had won an oscar for that she would have been the the first woman to receive an oscar for best director um 10 years practically before uh I forget her name she she wins it for um, um Zero Hurt, Dark 30. Yeah. Hurt Locker did the Hurt Locker? Yeah, same director. It's oh, the okay. same um it's the same woman. Um former former wife of Jim Cameron. Yeah. Um yeah. So yeah, I don't know. I don't know why she wasn't. I don't know what the rules are that says that Danny Boyle gets an Oscar but she doesn't. Mm. But she's probably the one responsible for those child performances.
1: Yeah, you mentioned there's uh um, you know, bringing those bringing those kids in—they are such a such a—they they really form the heart of the movie. The the performances oh, yeah. by those kids in the first third. Yeah,
0: certainly. Um, no no slight on the performances from Dev Patel. He's very endearing and um very, um, compelling to watch. Um, and and F- Frida Pinto, uh, she is equally lovely and charming on screen, and she makes a, a fantastic damsel in distress that... Frida, uh, that Dev needs to Jamal, who plays the adult Jamal, um, he needs to rescue. But for me, the real the real meat of this this film are the the youngest kids. It's mm. the Jamal and the Salim and the Latika as the youngest versions of themselves that are the real um, are, are the real reason you turn up to watch this film. Those those kids are great. Mm. Um, all all three of them are fantastic. Um, I would watch a whole film of just those kids yeah. trying to get out of the slums of mumbai um, and i think danny boyle rather cynically recognized that in the making of this film that they feature a large i would say at least 50 percent of the screen time is, is on those kids oh it feels that way yeah
1: um yeah. I, I remember them more than i remember any of the other performances yeah there's they a real great there's a real um i always go go back to to kill a mockingbird when i think about child performances and the the natural the way that they are able to bring out the the natural way that children move and talk and and it's equivalent to that I think the way they the way they achieve that with these with the kids in this movie. Right.
0: Uh, yeah. Did the child actor from *The Killer Mockingbird* go on to be particularly impressive in her own right? Uh, That's the
1: character who plays Scout. Scout right? Scout. Yeah. So, well, all of the all three of them. Scout and Jem. and. Um, the buddy, whose name I forget, okay. Actually, I don't. I don't know. I don't know if they. I don't know if they carried on, continued, continued to act. But, but that's that. In my in my head, that's my benchmark for uh, child performances on screen.
0: My my child my my benchmark is the kid in um, Close Encounters of the Third Kind.
1: Just just to throw that out there. I wanted to say Drew Barrymore, but that's E. T.
0: Oh yeah, she was pretty good in that. Yeah. She 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 did a good performance in that She went on from that to become a drug addict. <laughs> <laughs> which, which segues nicely into what becomes of child performers. And um, we certainly know that Hollywood has a, a fairly um, shitty track record as it comes to looking after child performers in their films. So many of them go on to become absolute train wrecks. And Drew Barrymore... is a a great example of one that goes on to become a complete train wreck Mm. and then somehow or other gets her life back on track and becomes adult Drew Barrymore, who is reasonably well-adjusted by Hollywood standards. Mm. So I I remember one of the big controversies about Slumdog Millionaire was the treatment of those three kids. And so I'm not suggesting for a moment that those kids were mistreated on set. In fact, if anything, it was probably the best treatment they had had to their young lives to date. And I know that they were paid... Um, by by their by relative standards, um, quite a lot of money. Um, mm. But I know that after the film came out, one of the first questions that was asked was, "What became of those kids? Mm. Where are they today? And are they are they safe?" Um, and I think I think from memory, and I'm sure I'm sure it, I'm sure there was all good intentions at the time. But I think from memory that the producers and Danny Boyle scrambled to, to ensure that the um the children were being cared for and looked after because they were effectively given i think you said earlier uh three times the average annual salary for their performances in this film mm. which would that's what the internet which would told in me. The, and the internet is never wrong yeah. i mean so those kids became would have become extraordinarily wealthy for the neighborhoods because they came from the slums uh, these weren't uh, from uh, as i understand it um, middle class kids mm. that um, had stage mothers that were taking them to auditions daily they they found these kids they were genuine slum kids mm. um, and they um, gave them a lot of money and then i think the producers of this film after it became the runaway international success that it was struggled to to um, say honestly that they had these kids set up correctly and after the fact that they after the fact, they went out and ensured that money was put into trusts and that they were appropriately looked after and that families weren't trying to... Families that didn't give a shit about these kids on Monday, um, after discovering how much money they had on Tuesday, weren't on Wednesday, then trying to take all their money off them. Mm. Uh, so, I, so I think there's still questions that need to be answered there. and I think there's still a lot of questions today as to the, the how well those kids were, were taken care of. Because this film is made by those kids. Right? Mm-hmm. Shall we talk a little bit about the story of the film? We've jumped all over the place here. So...
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, so like I said, it's, it's a bit of, a, it's a bit of a fantasy story. It's a boy meets girl, um, boy loses girl, boy finds girl mm-hmm. again. Story. When, it, when it comes down to it, uh, it's, it's built around this. It's built around the, the, obviously the premise of the, who wants to be a millionaire show. Uh, mm-hmm boy a pe- which is a modern fan- a modern fairy tale any which way you want to yeah. look at it so it's yeah. a it's a it's a 20 year, 20 year old 18 or 20 year old kid and he's appearing on this show and he's winning and he knows the answers to all of these questions and he's got no education um and and nobody thinks there is any way that he could know so they're determined that he must be cheating and so the overall the overall premise is that he is in he is in an interrogation room with a guy trying to figure out how he knew the answers to all of these stories and of course each answer ties to a particular event in his life a particular struggle that he went through um in his life uh in this in the slums and his life in poverty um which so, which makes it it gives it a, a bit of a Forrest Gump kind of feel because it's each it's it's uh, short yeah, it it's short passages passages where he's he's going over this little bit in his life and then it neatly ties off in a little bow with the um, him answering that particular question and then it moves on huh. to the, it moves on to the next one
0: i really like that i've never thought of it like that before but you're absolutely right it is it is a an indian an indian set forest gump yeah with this kid uh, jamal blundering through life lucking his way into situation after situation um and then somehow or other having great impact i mean it doesn't have the this is how i how how i invented rock and roll moment, but it <laughs> he's,
1: he's he's not unlike forrest gump in his way Jamal. he's not he's, unlike forrest he's, gump he's he's, yeah. he's kind of he's kind of innocent um he's 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 not he's not a dimwit but he's 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 just trying to do his best. He's just trying to he's trying to do the right thing. He's very earnest. Um, yeah. And, and he's kind of getting he's he's kind of swept up. He's he's swept he's getting swept along in life. He doesn't have a lot of agency really in the movie. None. Most of the things that he's doing, he does out of out of absolute necessity. And the only the only thing that he really pursues actively is Latica. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Because I think the first time he actually does something of his own volition
0: where he isn't being forced into it is when he takes an opportunity to look up his, um, by that point in the film, uh, long lost brother Salim um, in the phone directory. And and then he, or he looks up Latika. He tries to look up Latika, but there's too many. Yeah. And then he looks up Salim and he finds
1: Salim. Well, it's, Um, it is, it is. Yeah, you're right. It is Jamal's (laughs) decision for them to go back to Mumbai. Like they've got a, they've got a great life scamming tourists at the Taj Mahal yeah and then they but they, you, ne- you never see him do that it's only it's only alluded to just one day they're at the Taj Mahal um and then the next day they are um you know working in a working in a kitchen and they're, in Mumbai. they're back, they're back yeah. in Mumbai and he, he mentions that it was Jamal's idea so at some point he's he's convinced Salim to do this to go back to Mumbai yeah, yeah. but yeah uh, I I feel like Salim is a way more interesting character than Oh I than agree Jamal. I want to watch a movie about Salim, the, like the, the or, tension Salim like character. The tension that he feels as the as the older brother, he's had responsibility thrust on him too soon. Their mother their mother is killed, in some um, uh, in a, some inter religion Re- violence violence um, yeah. at the start of the movie, and it's just it's it's left with just them to look after themselves and so salim you know he's trying to look after he's trying to look after jamal but he's also trying to toughen him up as well he wants him to yeah he wants him to understand that what he has to do to survive and that that salim will always look out for him but but for them both to work as a pair jamal needs to jamal needs to front up yeah he needs to man up almost yeah. literally so, i suppose so he's got yeah. that so, so salim salim has a has a really enjoyable tension um uh, you know c- culminates in that scene the the scene where he after they rescue latika which is kind of the midpoint in the movie and they're, they're back in they're, they're in an abandoned hotel and mm-hmm. um and how that hotel isn't completely overrun with squatters or
0: homeless people um, is absolutely beyond yeah. me. Uh, and more importantly, how it has
1: power and running water is just mm. um, staggering as well. But so anyway, the, so they've, along. they've rescued Latika and Salim has gone out and he has gotten himself a job working for this toughest gangster in town. And then he comes, he returns to this hotel, um, and he essentially he sends Jamal away. He says, it's, "I'm going to be alone with Latika now." He sends and he sends yeah, him he away. decides. And he, and you think it's it's really interesting why he. To think about why he does that because you haven't sensed that he is particularly driven um by by desire that he's not doing it for desire for latika um he is doing it he's doing it to send jamal a message you are too attached to this girl you need you need to you need to be tougher than that yeah so he um yeah he almost it's almost like to the victor go
0: the spoils so he he goes so what precedes this and in the context of the story jamal and salim and latika Lut- wind up working for a um an orphanage but it's a thinly veiled criminal front where they where they effectively um hobble and blind kids so mm. that they take more money from gullible tourists mm. um sympathy money and um jamal and um, salim are selected both to be an enforcer Salim is the enforcer and Jamal is to be blinded so that he can take more money singing the, the song on the street, that little song, which is also an answer for mm. the later in the film. Um, and Salim, um, takes agency and, and, um, uh, um sets about escaping with the two kids in tow. Uh, and then, in later in the film, uh, Letika is, um, is still, they fail to escape with Letica, and Letica is still in the employ or under the the, the general protection of the the child. Um, I don't even know what to describe them other than scumbags. But mm. I, I assume these people exist in real life. But Salim presents a gun and um, confronts the the former leader, um, their former leader, and shoots him. Mm. Um, and so that's that, so that's that turning point for that character where he goes from. Uh, lovable scamp to irredeemable murderer mm. um, yeah i mean I, I think in context of the film y- you want that character to be shot because he's a scumbag uh, but at the same time you know that's the note that's the point of no return for salim like there's no coming back from that yeah. he, he then
1: cements his future and, and goes on to become a, a gangster for yeah and there is a Another real there is a real, he, he does have a real a good fella's kind of journey doesn't he where he has he has that journey into the mob and he's he's descending descending into vice and kind of becoming he's doing it because he needs to do it at the start mm. because that's where he lives but he he, he 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 becomes kind of addicted to it and then he, he, he needs he needs to achieve some redemption in the end which he does he by does sacrificing himself so that Jamal and Latika can can be together
0: yeah i mean his character the Celine character uh, as you said earlier um is the character that is probably the most interesting in this film mm. um and as you said
1: earlier jamal has little to no agency yeah so um I, and, and yes. I, I don't know if you can talk about latika as as much more than a damsel in distress
0: no you know she's literally tied to the train tracks yeah. and um and there's people out trying to get her out i mean she seemingly is unable to to escape of her own volition or to leave of her own free will she is clearly property and um she seemingly has no ability to affect that which is a shame yeah because the the performance is fine frida pinto is yes yeah. is, is great in this yeah
1: so the so the first so i guess in terms of like the, the way the story plays out so the uh the first half hour the first act is is them as kids Um, And you're you're establishing those relationships. So there's a a precursor to the action that Salim takes with Latika is uh, what he does when Jamal earns himself a a signed autograph from a a big Bollywood star. Uh, Salim steals it and sells it. Um, Yeah. (laughs) And and trying to teach him the same message, really, that that shit happens and you you need to toughen up. And, and deal with it because you're too you're too idealistic um and, and you need you need to you need to get wise um to the to the ways of the world yeah um yeah so around so they like you said they get they get um they get orphaned and they're pulled into this pulled into this um operation this blinding blinding and hobbling operation they manage to escape from that but they leave Salim, they escape on a train, and it's a classic setup. Salim's got a chance to uh, take Latika. She gra- she reaches and grabs his hand, and he's got a chance to pull her on the train, but he, he drops her because he thinks she's, 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 dead dead, she's dead weight, and he, he doesn't. he's worried about how, how attached Jamal is to her. He thinks they're better off on their own and that she's going to be dead weight, and she's going to tie them down, and she's going to stop Jamal mm-hmm. from doing what he needs to do to get by um so the this the second act the second hour is all is all jamal trying to find his way back to latika first they need to get back they need to get back on their feet they get into this operation um they get mm-hmm. to, into an operation scamming on a scamming on trains um yep. scamming and stealing and then that they expand beyond that you know over the intervening years they grow up they become teenagers and they expand beyond that to scamming at, at tourist destinations Um, at the Taj Mahal yeah Yeah. and it's and that's I mean that's one of the most fun sequences of the movie the different ways that they find the inventive ways that they find to scam people they sell they steal shoes because everybody has to take off their shoes when they visit these these places and so they they um, they run back and forth stealing stealing these shoes and then they take them into the take them into the slums and sell the shoes um they sure do uh they have a they have a, a a scam where they get uh um,
0: where are they, 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 they get
1: tour groups, tour group tourists to park their car, park their car yep. somewhere, and then they take them for a walk. So they spin them a bunch of bullshit, occupy them for fifteen minutes, and then by the time they come back, then their buddies have stripped the car of all their parts. They've taken all the, yep. taken all the luggage, and they've taken the wheels and uh, everything valuable in the car. So that's that's one of the best parts, and that's oh. Um, and one thing we haven't mentioned is the music, music in this movie, which is really good. So that sequence, that sequence, oh, yes. um, uh, all plays out to "Paper Planes" by M.I.A. Yep. Um, M.I.A., which went on to become a big hit that year as well. That and
0: song, that song was
1: everywhere in two thousand and eight. Yeah, yeah, and it's and it's it's, it's perfectly chosen. It gives that, yep. it gives that uh, really upbeat energy to that to that sequence um yeah it's a montage right yeah so yeah that whole montage yeah um but like i said eventually so once they once they get on their feet and once they achieve once they reach adulthood jamal convinces salim to go back to mumbai they go back and then and then um they find he manages to track down latika and he finds her in a red light district um she's being groomed as groomed as a sex slave. They, they they storm in and drag her out um, uh, killing killing the the boss in the process um, the, the, ga- the 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 low-level gangster the the mid the mid-level boss yeah <laughs> it's it's kind of pretty stupid at that point you got to think what are, what are these kids doing How, what, <laughs> what <laughs> why would they just stroll in and to try and take her out wouldn't they Uh, all the street smarts that they supposedly picked up from their from their from growing up in the slums wouldn't they know that they need to come up with some sort of a plan rather than well i think salim has a plan right so salim's gun
0: yeah so you're right but i think that's the kind of the point is that jamal is looking through that he's looking through the crack in the door he sees her and he's like oh letica and without any sort of um, plan or, or impetus or, or any kind of forethought, he just bursts in, and Salim comes in after. And I think that oh yeah speaks a little bit yeah I, sp- I think that speaks a little bit to the the characters where Jamal is this hyper idealistic yeah. um, and 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 super. Um, lovely kid and, and Salim's the one that's like no 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 there's jagged edges and all of that well, you need to you need to slow your roll And it's, because, well, it's, um, it speaks
1: to the tension where, where Jamal is ostensibly an intelligent guy except where Latika is concerned um, yeah which, he really doesn't he, like her he complete, well. anytime Latika is involved Jamal completely loses his brain and he makes stupid decisions and Salim's got to be around and ready to, ready to kick ass which is why he doesn't really like having Latika around because yeah. it usually gets him into shit, and what well, gets his brother into shit and involves, and then and he, he gets, has to clean up. He has to clean yeah. up. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. But isn't that place, it, doesn't that doesn't that
0: just speak to life, Mike? You know, <laughs> we all, we're all intelligent human beings, and then our, our, our Latika comes into life, and <laughs> we just we just make mistakes, and then our friends have to come along and clean up.
1: They do. They do. So there's yeah. so the so the mid the, there's the mid the midpoint in the film is is Salim essentially. Determining that he needs he needs to ruin Latika for Jamal, and so yeah, he so he does. So there's literally there's the, uh, yeah. that sequence in the hotel that I mentioned, um, and then you, you flash forward, and 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 um, Jamal hasn't talked to Salim in years, and Jamal is working in a call center, um, and then he, he gets the opportunity to track Salim down, and at the same time he yep. figures out how he's going to get on. Oh no, it's after that. Figuring out how to get onto the show, the show starts to become introduced in the in that preamble storyline around this point because people in the everyone in the call center is obsessed with watching this show. Yeah, well,
0: they do a good job of like um, setting the timelines out as well. Yeah. So, I mean, this film is told over we're told with three separate groups of actors playing the same character over three separate timelines. Um, so there's the adult, the, the 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 preteen, and the and the child. Hmm segments and it it cuts kind of liberally between all three but ultimately the first second and third acts are divided up by child, preteen and adult mm. um and but they cut sort of indistinguishably back and forth mm. loosely it, it's it's reasonably well done and even the um the kind of filming done within each of the the three um segments is kind of its own type of filming so the cinematography mm. changes between each of the three like all of the technical stuff about that film is fantastic like that the the, the broken up time it's mm. if you haven't seen it but you have seen pulp fiction imagine it's a little mm. bit pulp, pulp fictiony where it's three separate stories um kind of meshed into one cohesive plot mm. um and so that's really great
1: about this film i, I think but yeah um mm so so salim uh, well jamal tracks down salim uh, by finding yep. his number in the in the call center directory uh, th- they meet up and then but jamal is still wants to use salim to reach latika and so salim yep. is he's uh to his amazement jamal is still obsessed with still obsessed with latika he tries yep. to keep him away but jamal manages to tr- to trail salim to find Latika Salim, it seems has sold Latika to the mob boss yeah um so she's uh yeah she's living in this in this beautiful house and um uh yeah it's, it's, she's she's essentially the princess living and living in the cave with the dragon and he yeah. he goes he marches in in, in his Jamal, jamalian jamalian fashion he just <laughs> he just strolls in he he convinces the convinces the doorman that he's there to fix the dishwasher or something and that's yeah, that's yeah. His, he's that's the cook or the dishwasher yeah that's his stupid yeah. stupid plan um this time around he's, he's just strolls in there and she refuses to go but he manages to say to her come and meet me i'll be i'll be waiting at, at the, the train tra- station every i'll be day. waiting at train station if you can get yeah. away come and find me I'll, I'll i'll be there every day and and sure enough i think it's only a couple of days after even might even be that day might even be the she, next day she she appears but at that point she's taken um, she's 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 taken before they are able to connect and at that point the the you swing into the third act where where now mm-hmm. that now they're in love and and it's about how they're going to how they're going to reach each other which um, culminates through the 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 story catching up with the the Flashbacks, catching up with the current time, which is mm-hmm. Jamal on the show. Because on his final question, he uses the phone a friend, the lifeline. He, the only phone number he has is Salim's, and Salim has given his phone to Latika because he has sent yep, her away right. um, to go and to go and find Jamal. Essentially, uh, she knows where Jamal is because everyone knows where Jamal is because he is. He's on the he's, set of the fact that he has done so well on this show he is he is absolutely he's world famous in india he's really big news um mm-hmm. and they are able to so, so much so that the police think that he's cheating
0: yeah uh, the host and the police think he's cheating and he's, he spends um, most of the film recanting his life story to um uh, ifran
1: irfan khan yeah uh, who's the police officer yeah so they're they're able to they're able to connect they connect again at the train station again um we after he's won the money so he wins he wins the money and at the same time um salim sacrifices himself to um his boss um symbolically fills a, a bath with um cash money. yeah no one knows where he actually got that cash but um must have just been sitting around the house sitting around just bales of it yeah fills fills (laughs) fills the bath with money and he lies down in it with a gun and he waits for the waits for the boss and his goons to break down the door and shoot him essentially for how does that that plan actually work so i know the boss comes
0: in to find him like the boss is like salim salim where is salim and then instead of sending some goons to go and find salim what he he decides to go look for him himself yeah yeah so what did Salim think was going to happen i I guess he kind of got lucky that the boss came through the door like that's very coincidental but for a guy who
1: always has a plan (laughs) he certainly didn't have one then felt like he could have come up with something better and there's a i mean there's a few i'm not a plot nazi but there's (laughs) a few a a few bits and pieces i mean straight after that um after he has become literally the most famous person in india you've the next the very next scene is jamal sitting in a train station completely on his own with nobody paying any attention to him whatsoever <laughs> where the previous five minutes the climax of the movie has been built around the fact that everybody in india is is watching him and you've seen it it's like a space launch everybody <laughs> is watching it
0: yeah and um, he isn't yeah and no one is coming up to him going please can i have some of your yeah.
1: millions of dollars yeah nick yeah. nick minute nick minute yeah. nick minute he is he is the, the most famous obscenely wealthy person in india and he is alone yep. in a train station there is not a single person asking him for money or <laughs> trying to get a photo of him he is just yep. kicking back just just kicking um, back relaxing acting all cool but yeah uh, i don't i don't want to get i don't want to get too mean on too mean on plot because uh you know i'm i'm, I'm prepared to prepared to accept a few a few plot holes in the, in yep. the name of a good movie um, so
0: smash cut to happy ending yeah uh, Letica and jamal uh ride a train off into happiness which which leads me to my my favorite returning segment of the show uh what happens tomorrow <laughs> <laughs> so yeah tomorrow after they have um awkward aw- awkward sex for the first time and um uh, and presumably it's the first time for jamal um, and Lesica is is by this point absolutely um uh, a, a very jaded person given her the life she's led to this point well she um, she is
1: literally damaged because they at the, at the time when they when they steal her away from the train station the first time they they purposefully carve a scar they cut her face they yeah they, they, they cut her carve, up they yeah. carve a hole in the side of her face essentially yeah. so she's ruin her a good scar looks running down her face yeah. for the rest of the movie We're, so she's, she's yeah. quite
0: literally damaged damaged um, but yeah she, by this point you know her her entire um, her entire experience with, with intimate uh, surroundings has been as a, um, as a as a as a slave as a sex object she is just used as a, mm. as, a, as, a as a meat sock um, and Jesus, Jesus Christ! <laughs> <laughs> but that's not suitable for work. <laughs> warning. Yeah. Hey, don't be listening to this loud at work or anything. But you, yeah, you, like, you might so, say
1: she has got as, about as much experience of a lo- loving relationship. As Jamal has of being a fucking millionaire. Oh, that's millionaire. a much nicer way to put it. Yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah. Of which he has no experience. <laughs> like, what money has he had to date? Yeah. So um, these two, they go on to have some kind of a weird relationship based on a fantasy they had when they were children, um, and now, uh, but but worse, they're financially funded to do dumb shit. Mm. So how how long do you think that million? Well, whatever it works out to the the equivalent in rupees, the the two mm. hundred. 20 million rupees or whatever it works out to yeah so how long does that money last and Mm. and i'm going to say not more than a year they unless unless while she was living as a as a gangster's mole seemingly against her will um for the last i don't know however long five years uh, she's taken in a lot of financial lessons from this gangster, which I would suggest she hasn't given the fact that he's got millions of rupees lying mm. around in his house, so much so that Jamal can take a bath in it, Scrooge McDuck style. Um, and that she, yeah, they've got no experience with money. So they blow it all on, you know, I don't know, mopeds or fast cars, Mercedes, well, whatever. Uh... I guess
1: does the, he buy a flat? Like what are they doing? I guess the where the, do they go? The the optimistic view given that they are they are well certainly Jamal is so earnest you, you the optimistic view is that they they use that money to, to do good to set up trust funds and to help people out of poverty and out of out of you know um, forced <laughs> sex labor that's um, the no. that's the optimistic view <laughs> but no because
0: the the problem with that relationship, certainly from Jamal's point of view, is that he doesn't know Letica as an adult at all. No,
1: the, the, he barely, he barely he, knew he, her he, as a kid. They knew each he other. He barely knew like her away. as
0: a teenager, as a, as a as an adolescent. He knew mm. her as a child. They spent some time together there, but they have one night together where they rescue her from from the, from the this, the the sex operation thing that was clearly mm. being run. That they had a name for it, like butterfly or something like that. I can't remember. Um, so they have that one night together, that one that one evening where they, they connect as adolescents. And then that's it. And then so the next mm. contact he's got with her as an adult, he has one conversation with her in the kitchen. And he has one phone conversation with her while he's on that TV show that literally lasts 10 seconds. Mm. Um, and, and so what? what? They run out of conversation absolutely immediately once they've told each other their life stories mm. for the fifth time. Um, and then then what? he works out that
1: she's a human being that you know has to brush her teeth in the morning it's Uh, actually even it's even worse than that and and I tell you the the, the scene that I think just puts the absolute dagger in any chance of their relationship working is back at the hotel so before Salim comes back from from getting his job with the mob boss Jamal and Latika they're in their hotel they are on their own he has he has just rescued her his one love from a life of crime uh, hmm. from from a life of sex slavery um mm-hmm. and she she goes into the she goes into the hotel shower, she's having a shower and then she's ready to come out and she says, Can you hand me a towel? And he says, I won't look. And he doesn't look That's right. And he, he hands doesn't her look. the towel and she comes out and the look of disappointment on her face <laughs> That's that's the look of that's the look she is gonna give him the first night after this movie finishes. She he, <laughs> he is too fucking boring and she even she even says it. she looks at him and she says you're a very sweet boy <laughs> you and are a very sweet boy the, 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 yeah the, the disappointment is is just all of all over that scene and that's yeah that's that's coming back yep
0: yeah. absolutely he's a very sweet boy he's a very and she is she is different she is um used to a different kind of man like maybe maybe that works i don't know but I, i i don't see that relationship lasting lasting more than six months and what's worse is um she's she's um definitely accustomed to a kind of lifestyle by this point that he is definitely not going to be able to provide her um and she will either they will either burn through that money And then she will either go back to the only thing she knows, which is prostitution, I suppose, um, and and leave him um, or she will steal that money and she'll go off without Mm. him. And maybe that's the movie I want to see, this movie where Letica gets (laughs) where Letica is like, I'm going to use these people to enrich my life and get myself out of out of, um, you know, poverty. Um, and Jamal is just a stepping stone on her way to her, her own um, immersion as a as a fully fledged butterfly. Mm. Um, but yeah, I I think this relationship lasts two and a half minutes, maybe three, and
1: um, <laughs> that's it. I mean, that's that's kind that's part of the romantic movie. That's 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 part of oh, the genre. Yeah, right. Absolutely. I mean, so I mean, that was i just one of the biggest
0: takeaways from. Um, uh, love actually was that none of those relationships work in in 24 hours so yeah we'
1: we're, we're, we're close to wrapping up and i'm just starting to think what's the you know ultimately what's what's wrong with what's wrong with this movie we've talked we've talked about the the kind of the cultural context which is not great um mm. Well, certainly in twenty nineteen, it, it feels a lot more uncomfortable than perhaps it did in two thousand and eight. Even though it's not that it long ago, it certainly does. Yeah, we did, talk really ab- not. we did talk about Lost in Translation in an earlier episode, and that was you know that's that's similar kind of territory, but that was another yeah. ten years earlier. That was that was it Has the same or issues or yeah. like two thousand and one maybe. Yeah, um, something like that. But
0: I guess to, to bring this round full circle, we've talked about all that stuff. Like so, two thousand and eight. So we kind of like this as a as an Oscar film because. Um, you know, won the best picture, won the best director. Um, it's not often that films win both best picture and Oscar, um, best picture and director, I should say. Apologies. Mm. Um, so, but so, what other films were there this year that that pro, that might now, with the hindsight of time, look better than this? And you know, so just S- so I've looking-
1: I've only seen I've only seen two of the four. So we've we've mentioned them. There was this Benjamin Button there's the reader there's milk and there's frost nixon i've okay. seen i've seen the reader and milk um you know the reader, is, frost reader nixon. is holocaust oscar bait um it's very yeah. good it's it's you know compelling um kate wins the, wins an oscar for it yep. doesn't she she won an yeah. oscar um uh milk is very good as well so um yeah that's uh gay rights activists became politician harvey, harvey milk um um sean penn um excellent great story um he wins the oscar for that too doesn't he didn't did mickey rourke win it i don't know if he won it i think
0: no i think mickey rourke was uh was just nominated hmm. yeah it is it's sean penn looking at so, it here you good know, old waikipi dyer
1: either either of those either of those could have taken it out i don't know what was what was i mean it's it's always a, a, a when we did this last time we talked about shakespeare in love and there were three you know uh world, stellar, war, world war stellar world war films Tearjerker, um oscar bait movies any one of which could have won it felt like they kind of split the vote and, and even it might be that even you know 10 years later it felt like the re- the reader it got voted down just for being gratuitous oscar bait um i think by that point we had seen quite a few of those those oscar
0: oscar bait world war Two holocaust mm. um films like i think the pianist you've got like oh uh, that's
1: yeah. yeah pianist was about 2006 so that would yeah. yeah this would have followed on very shortly after that
0: because you also had boy in the striped pajamas which comes yeah. after this i think um and then in, and you've got um life is beautiful and then obviously um uh the steven spielberg one that kind of set the standard saving of private his, ryan S- say well no the one before that um the one set in the the Holocaust, the one set in Auschwitz Oh Schindler's um, List Schindler's List thank you um how can you forget Schindler's List um so i mean that really kind of set that standard of yeah. like if you want to win an oscar this is the film that you're making and this is how you yeah. make it so and then there's all those those other films that come after it i know i'm being super cynical about this and rather than just looking at them going mm. these are films that Uh, tell a very very harsh look at a very real situation and it's presented warts and all but um, at the same time it's like it's easy for me to be a little cynical and go Hollywood Studios Mm -hmm. they won an Oscar Schindler's List won an Oscar so
1: Frost Nixon um, based on a play yep
0: about a real real life event the film has little to no um, relationship to the actual interviews um, mm. presents it in a very fantastical way as uh, a performance piece. Most of all, like uh, Franklin Gelia, uh, Fra- Franklin I can't say his name. Um, and the other guy, Michael Sheen, I think his name is. Um, I mean, that's really what you're watching this film for is to watch them sort of, you know, wrestle out in, in their performances on screen. Yeah. I mean, they're great. So, yeah, that's what you're watching this film for. So, uh,
1: obviously. Um, so that could have you know, been a could have been a contender. Could have been a contender. Um, I guess the film that you can't not
0: talk about is The Dark Knight, which we mentioned at the yep. top of the top of the hour. Yeah, um, we talked.
1: Well, we talked. We talked about Dark Knight um, in, yeah. in Bruges. Um, you know, you got to give a bit of give a bit of credit to that as well. So um, Martin McDonough, the writer, went on to write mm. um, Three Billboards in oh, Ebbing, Missouri, which um, yeah. won uh very deservedly i think won best picture was that two years ago did it win
0: best picture it's certainly nominated for best picture i think something else won it should have won i think we'll be talking about that film in five years time going, yeah yeah that should have yeah. won three yeah. billboards is
1: outstab- oh no it absolutely didn't win
0: green book won and green book is a travesty
1: Carry no, on. no, that's green book green book won last year uh oh. three billboards was the year before i'm okay. won i'm all out of touch yeah doesn't anyway. matter we'll figure that um, part out in bruges in bruges very good very good movie um great performances uh you yeah, know interesting funny weird i guess maybe yeah. maybe too weird for a for a best picture maybe gets maybe a, in 2008 too weird for a best picture gets a little spacey and spacey in certain points Pe- peter dinklage is in it isn't he
0: is he i don't know it's been a while since i've seen it i mm. used to own it on blu-ray but i think i've only ever seen it the one time the, the scene that stands out for me is the ray fine scene with him screaming at the telephone um and slamming it down and you're a fucking inanimate object um the, the wife comes in it's an inanimate object and he screams back at her you're a fucking inanimate object but <laughs> i'm sorry that i called you an inanimate object um like that is hilarious uh, <laughs> How Ray Fiennes wasn't nominated for an Oscar is absolutely beyond me because he is literally chewing scenery in this <laughs> film. <laughs> it's so good. Um, actually, a film that wasn't nominated but was highly, um, highly well reviewed at the at the time, and I saw it just recently as well. Again, was um, Bronson, starring Tom Hardy, right. directed by Nicholas um, Nicholas Winding um ref I, I can't say his name you are he, you he directed, are just killing the names i'm killing them uh well killing them butchering them i'm butchering the names um uh, nwf uh, nwr um he um he directed drive which is one of my favorite films um and he also um he also directed the neon demon um uh bronson is is a fantastic movie um starring tom hardy um, about the um, the English criminal um, who was known as England's most violent prisoner decided to call himself Charlie Charles Bronson he changed his name um, that's a fantastic film mm. um, set in prison in the 70s and 80s in, in Britain um, and Tom Hardy is killing it in that movie just crushing it uh, such a fantastic mm. performance how that film was overlooked is beyond me but that that film stands up extraordinarily well today having watched it
1: for the first time last weekend yeah uh, in preparation for this podcast maybe it is i mean maybe it is a little bit similar to slumdog millionaire uh uh, slumdog millionaire is a little bit similar to shakespeare in love and in that some years some years you just want a a, a kind of a likable like a heartwarming story like a a positive story right because maybe uh, um oscars the oscars attract tragedy tragedy is the one that you, you you most you're most kind of moved by and when you have this positive uplifting story uplifting story about people um, you know love overcoming all odds love overcoming poverty and struggle um, when you, you, you get it done done in such a way that it's compelling um, whether there is that much to it underneath the artifice of it, you wonder if, if, if people are kind of just willing to overlook that and say, you know, I've just I just feel like that mo- that movie made me feel good, even though you look, Maybe. you look back at it and you go, well, this, it's not actually a whole lot there, but it, it is. There's a there's a, a it's, there's a joy to it, and and you'd say the same with Shakespeare and Love. I think when we talked about that, it's got a lot of problems, but it is it's still joyful, mm. and you wonder Maybe. If, you wonder if that's what's tipping these ones over the edge is people just getting a getting a chance to celebrate a movie that is that is a celebration it's a celebration of life and um you know it's 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 upbeat and, and it's exciting and it's it's high pace high energy um and it's you know it's it's not it, it doesn't drag you through the mud like like Sh- like schindler's list or or the pianist or the reader maybe people just want
0: escapist realism where they can check out for two hours and See a fantasy about kids that pull themselves up by the bootstraps, and, and some kind of um, you know neo-conservative you know fantasy where they can you know but by, by the by their own grit and determination can improve their yeah. life standing have you, have instead you, of the man keeping them down.
1: Have you seen the movie Sullivan's Travels? No, I have not. I think that's I think that's what it's called. It's a it's old 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 movie, um, like 30s or maybe even the 20s, um, and it's about a filmmaker who makes. Uh, tawdry, um, crowd pleasing shit, and he he mm-hmm. says to his says to his producer, I want to make, I want to make uh, a gritty story about what life is really like, and, and I want to call it Oh Brother Where Art Thou? That's where the Coen brothers got the name of. Oh, movie. okay. He says I want to call it Oh Brother Where Art Thou, and it's going to be a gritty story about poverty, you know, poverty in America and the Depression. Um, I thought I thought given that
0: setup, you're going to tell me it was going to be called The Dark Knight. Um, no gritty story about <laughs> poverty
1: in america <laughs> no so he goes so he he um to, to you know to understand what that life is like he goes and lives that lives that life he he leaves hollywood and he he dresses up as a uh you know as, as someone in poverty but but then he through through doing that he 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 finds he, he gets lost in the poverty and, and nobody can find him and he can't find his way out Um, and he finally finally through coincidence he finds his way back into hollywood and back to um you know back to his wealthy life and he realizes that uh he realizes the value in in escapist movies okay it's it's it sets the it's it sets that that dichotomy of of the the you through the mud realism and the enjoyable escapism okay yeah maybe i mean it's that sounds it's certainly a good working theory like it's it's um yeah it's it's a it's a cool movie i wouldn't say it's it, it's it's just it's notable in history for being that that kind of movie about a movie that sets up right that it, it acknowledges that difference and it explores the pros and cons you know people want to make people who want to make serious art serious drama real drama about real people's lives but real people don't necessarily want to watch that yeah
0: perhaps yeah. i mean i mean that's as good a, that's as good a theory as any i suppose i mean i mean what is cinema if it isn't escapism yeah i mean whether whether you're escaping to gritty realness that you're enjoying from the comfort of your couch or um uh, an air conditioned cinema. Yeah. Uh, whether it be to a happier place or to a place that is dangerous that you don't have to deal with the smell of it. So Yeah,
1: yeah maybe. So what do you reckon? We've gone yeah. off we've gone off track here but we should we should bring this bring this back in, bring it home, stick a fork in it. What are we what are we calling slumdog Millionaire? Um I don't know if it's verging on greatness. It's it's certainly a, a good
0: movie. It's it's hard not to look at the technical aspects of it and go well It was
1: well shot shot cut directed performed um yeah it, it feels tough calling it wallowing in mediocrity it's, no it's not it that, really it's does not that I mean, bad it's, but it doesn't feel good enough to call it say it's verging on greatness either oh i don't know i'd say it's more verging on greatness it certainly isn't greatness it, it certainly
0: shouldn't be remembered as this crowning achievement um, there are definitely films in 2008 that have stood up better and 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 retain their greatness better than mm. this film. Dark Knight being one of them. Um, certainly more important films in two thousand and eight, Milk and Doubt being mm. being two of them. Um, so I, I would I, I'm loath to call it wallowing in mediocrity because it is better than ninety nine percent of films out there. Mm. I'm going to call it. I'm going to say this is verging on greatness with huge asterisks <laughs> what would you wh- big blinking asterisks one thing you could change what would you change what would you fix take that co-director and and make them more um, prominent definitely give them an Oscar <laughs> uh, when when you give Danny Boyle one because if she's responsible for those kids and their performance as kids yeah she deserves it um, mm. and she deserves it um, she deserves to be recognized um, as, as co-director um i don't know what i would change about that film i I don't know i I certainly don't i certainly lack the the technical or artistic ability Mm. to make that a better movie there's no way i could have done any better than danny boyle i mean to suggest to suggest for a moment that i I stand on the same platform as him is 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 fallacy but um that's kind of what this podcast is about (laughs) <laughs> absolutely i don't know <laughs> I, i'm just as good as danny boyle i'm just unrecognized um yeah no i, I don't know what i'd change about this movie to make it better I, I think this i think the only way i can make this movie better is to not have danny boyle make it hmm. to have an, an indian an indian film crew um, make this film for western audiences hmm. um, from an indian point of view as opposed to a colonialist view where a, a, a white man comes along and makes a film about india um, and then sells it to Western audiences as, as as being an authentic Indian movie. I think if I were to if I could go back and change one thing, and it's not because he doesn't do a fantastic job, it would be to remove the Western filmmakers from this film and reinsert them with Indian filmmakers, Bollywood filmmakers, make the same movie, make the same film with all the same script and all the same actors, just remove the colonial power from it and because i'm sure this movie has been made in india um in in hindi um for for bollywood audiences already i'm positive that this film exists Mm. um but that's the only thing i would change is to take the western eye off it and instead make it with an indian eye that's the Mm. only i think that's the only way i could make this film better so which i i think is a fair point and then give the best picture oscar to to dark knight (laughs) I'm, i'm not at all biased (laughs) so yeah that that would be michael what's your call Uh, mike
1: uh i'm i got i gotta give it verging i guess um yeah yeah again with a big blinking asterisk i I, yeah there's a lot of the a lot a lot of the the surrounding a lot of like knowing what i know about the movie knowing that the production company owns the millionaire show knowing yeah all all of that stuff about the the um uh, the treatment of the cast um, well which especially you, you know, the you, young you cast. you don 't know that all, all I know is what i 'm reading on the internet. what does the internet know yeah um, uh, if, if, but even even the even the movie itself, I feel like if I could change one thing about the movie, it would just be it would be to give give Jamal and Latika something something in common actually actually bond them uh, beyond just the fact that they are two. Yeah, you know, they've they've grown up in a slum. How many thousands of children in, in India and around the world are there growing up in slums? How they're, many millions of children, th- yeah, around the world are they, growing up in slums? They're yeah. not all they're not all meant to be together, you know, um, star-crossed lovers. Yeah. What is it about these yeah, two? Yeah, D. What is it the about these D, two Mike. in particular? It was written.
0: <laughs> it was written, Mike, it was, by a screenwriter. So. <laughs>
1: same guy who wrote yeah, the full monty
0: oh my god get out yeah <laughs> yeah no i agree um give them something in common beyond poverty I've, which is yeah. so common that um we shouldn't even be able to look at it as a film subject and go that's unique and different
1: no Other, otherwise otherwise make the movie about salim put salim yeah. on put salim on the show
0: um but i guess unfortunately then then you're literally just making an indian scarface where Selim is this kid who who's yeah. come
1: to crime and yeah, with with, with, but, with an element of with an element of him him having this this flawed brother that he has to take care of, almost almost in an of mice and men kind of fashion. Yeah, oh, this that's my brother. Oh, or, or um, Godfather, if you will, with Fredo. Yeah, here's Fredo. Here's my yeah. brother. He's kind of an idiot, but he's my brother. He's he, and I love him. He's <laughs> he, <laughs> he thinks I love him. Certain, yeah, that's why I'm going to kill him in a boat. This one particular yeah. woman makes him think with his dick instead of his brain um mm. but you know i love him <laughs> again i think that's fredo so. <laughs> <laughs> with fredo it's just all. she's gonna take just, pleasure from the snake it's just look, all, Michael, women. Look. Yep. all women look all women yeah women
0: yeah or, or flip the script make this film about latica and these these two men that come into oh. her life who th- she thinks she's gonna that are gonna save her but all they do is one uses her, and the other idolizes her. So it's every man in her life, anyway. Yeah. Um, and then how she she cuts loose from these fools, takes their cash when they're not looking, and goes on to live an amazing yeah. life where she. Runs a, a, a refuge for young girls from the sex trade in India and and saves them from obscurity. That's a movie I'd watch. That's a, that's saying.
1: actually a pretty that's actually a pretty dope movie. This okay. I've watched the I've fuck got, out of that movie. I've got I've got one brother who sees who sees me as as a a, a princess on a pedestal. He's a, he's dumb yep. as he's dumb as shit. He doesn't know that yep. I, brush, the other one, I brush my teeth. Yep. and then the other one sees me only as as a as a weapon that he can use against yep. against his brother to try and toughen him up. F- yep. fuck both Absolutely. these fools
0: fuck yeah dump both these chumps <laughs> and uh <laughs> roll on my own fucking yeah. princess cloud like I'm that's a movie i'd watch i'm out which i kind of guess is the plot of uh the second train spotting movie but anyway really i haven't seen that yeah yeah, yeah it's a good movie didn't yeah. did
1: danny boy make that as well he did yeah he did yeah it's mm. got all the
0: same cast it's actually pretty good anyway all right all right so we're calling it it's yep. verging on greatness with a huge asterisk yeah uh and dark knight should have won the best oscar so. <laughs> called called it done all right okay man well uh if you like this episode uh like and subscribe um hit us up on twitter uh we're at verging on greatness or at verging on greatness nz i really should figure that out the next time we do this podcast uh you can find us on facebook where everywhere you want to listen soundcloud itunes spotify if you prefer us to be on another platform let me know what that platform is and i'll hook it up thanks craig good plug yeah you're welcome mike good plug yeah plug us uh we'll get some merch out there as well we'll get some coffee cups and some t-shirts uh yeah we'll sell you all sorts of merch we're not hypocritical at all yeah we'll do that cool yeah, we'll yeah. get some merch mike yeah all right man <laughs> all Let's right wrap it
1: up. talk to you next time <laughs> all right bye, thanks everyone. mike bye